And welcome everyone to a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host with the most, and no, that's not a pun that I'm not tired of. <laughs> Joining me is my insubordinate subordinate, Matt. How you doing? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm doing all right. I uh, I spent the night, had some fried chicken, and I rewatched Young Justice again, as seems to be what everyone's doing. Because hey, it's on Netflix, and what are you gonna do? Not watch it when it's on Netflix? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's actually on Australian Netflix. Oh, so. friggin' man, poor Australia. We've talked about this before that Australian Netflix is really really a pale shadow of every other Netflix, because even all the great shows like Orange is the New Black and uh, House of Cards, you guys don't get there because Australian TV networks uh, spent a bunch of money out of pocket to get them. Oh, starting this year, 2016, we do get them because their deal ran out or something, or Netflix bought them back or something. But uh, we do get some pretty cool stuff. Like, we've got all of Justice League and Justice League Unlimited on there. Oh, that's Uh, good. Obviously, Trailer Park Boys, you know, stuff like that. Trailer Park Boys is such an awesome show. It is. I, I still think it's awesome. I know we're getting to the point now because you have, like, the TV generation and the post-Netflix generation. A lot of people say that the post-Netflix generation isn't nearly as good. But then again, I I think it's because it's changed up how you watch it. Because I know those last two seasons I binge-watched all the way through and had quite a lot of fun with. I still haven't watched those two seasons. I know there's, like, another one coming out this year sometime, so True. I'll probably just, like, watch them before that comes out. Those, those guys got a good freaking deal for themselves to basically... They did. ...to just get the rights to their own show and just continue and keep it going. Yeah, they they lucked out. They did, and, and, you know, every so often they'll make a terrible thing like the happy, super, drunken-on-drugs variety show that no one remembers because it got pulled after two episodes... And then, and then they'll make, like, the swear net move, and it's like, oh, okay, okay, are you good now? Did you get all your artsy-fartsies out of you? Are you back to being funny now? Cool. <laughs> it's funny. Did you ever see that, their swear net movie that they did? I vaguely remember it. I remember they were, like, promoting it and everything, mm-hmm. and I think I saw it a little bit after that. It, it, it's very confusing because it was a movie and it was a website because that's, that's their website now, SwearNet, and they dropped SwearNet as the new network that picked up the Trailer Park Boys in the first new Netflix episode of Trailer Park Boys, so it's all very weird and meta. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in SwearNet, much like on the Happy on Drugs Drunk Variety show, they are the actors playing themselves. Yeah. And there's a weird thing in the SwearNet movie where they, like, rail against, uh, like, they rail against the network who won't let them, you know, swear and get away with stuff. And I'm like, guys, I've watched your shows. It didn't seem like you had any problem getting away with everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> it seemed like you did just fine, and now you're on Netflix where you can do whatever you want. I don't know what the hell you're railing against. <laughs> yeah it's it's weird like like what did you want to do did you want to crucify people on live tv is that what you wanted to do (laughs) did you want to kill a dog live on tv or something i mean look if it was funny enough i'd say go for it but i mean you know uh just chill so uh yeah we we are a comic book podcast did you know that (laughs) no no i didn't no sometimes you would you know sometimes i wouldn't blame you for thinking we weren't right with all the random shit we talk about (laughs) Uh, we, act- we actually do have some news this week, some fairly big news, too, and I guess that is earlier in the week, uh, news finally dropped details. It wasn't even really news. It was details on this big DC Rebirth initiative that's coming on down the pipeline. 
yeah, we got quite a bit of news, like what titles are going to be in there and everything, and like even like details about those titles as well. What what I like about this announcement for DC Rebirth is after kind of stringing us along and kind of cock-teasing us a little bit with like the curtain, oh, it's a reboot, oh, no, it's not, it never was, oh, look at the blue curtain, look at it. They finally just, you know, tossed Jeff Johns out there, they probably threw him out onto the stage and said, just look, just make a video for everyone and tell people what's up. Yeah, yeah. I like that no press release, just a freaking video. Yeah, that's the new type of press release. <laughs> the new type of press release is a video, and I'm like, ah, you see, a video is good because it means no one can read anything into your words. I then later made a video yeah. where I read into all the words that he used <laughs> <laughs> and used screenshots from the video, so that makes my job yeah, nice. See, he said it. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, I, I mean, where do we even start with this? Uh, I'll let you go, Matt, because, you know, you're, you're you're my co-host, so I'm, I'm going to let you have this. What, what stuck out to you the most about DC Rebirth? um probably that action comics is coming back to 900s yeah and detective comics too which yeah. shit, we've been we've been going on about that on this show forever does, does that i mean, know does that mean they listen to us i think they listen to, I, i've been saying we did go back to you know the old you know 900 issue comics and everything and they're fucking doing it because what an obscure thing to do out of nowhere where it's like yeah you know we're gonna honor our history and our legacy and while everything else gets renumbered detective and action comics go back to their original numbering now is this because i've seen like on some websites it's there's going to be action comics i think it's like 957 but then there's also going to be like the new 52 quote-unquote action comics as well mm-hmm. i don't know I, I it might have been just like a misprint on their website i, I think it might stuff, have been a but... uh, misprint because i'm looking at the thing there and action and detective don't get rebirth specials nor do they get renumberings by the looks of it okay, okay then so they're going they're going back yes now, now here's the question and here's like a theory that i heard got kicked around and i'm like oh oh that's almost too good to be true so in the DC universe as it stands right now, we have New 52 Superman, who is the one we're mm-hmm. following around and everything, and we have Lois and Clark Superman, who is the post-Flashpoint Superman. Wouldn't it be mm-hmm. fucking amazing if they're like, you know what, Lois and Clark sold so good, guess what, Action Comics Superman is just Lois and Clark Superman now. I I really, really hope for it. And it's cool that you mentioned Lois, because the Lois from Lois and Clark is actually getting her own book. Oh, is she seriously? Yeah, she's becoming Superwoman. Oh, is that what Superwoman is all about? Yeah, she's going to be getting powers and becoming Superwoman. Okay, because there was a whole slate of new super titles announced. Superwoman was one of them, and Super Sons was the other one. Yeah, Super Sons, I reckon, is going to be John Ken and Connor Ken. Interesting. Now, okay, so j- j- who is the one we've had in the new 52, and who's the one we haven't had? Uh, John is the one from Lois and Clark. He's Lois and Clark's son. Right, right. Uh, He's that one. And Connor is the Superboy clone that's from the New 52. Right, the one who they really complicated his origin and they gave him a freaking Tron suit and then he was replaced a little bit with an evil one and then his book just kind of petered out. Yeah, and he hasn't been in comics for a better part of like two years. It's funny to think him and Supergirl both had their own books for a little bit and then they were just gone. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's talking about the titles. I mean, in theory, what Jeff John said was pretty amazing. He said, you know, he threw around the word legacy a lot. You know, legacy is the thing that's been missing in the new 52, which, yeah, you're totally right. And legacy is the thing fans have been yelling at you for the better part of four years now. Yeah, because, yeah, I, I was even, like, reading some of the old action comics recently. And, like, she's just the world that the 
that are in these comics just feels like big and full of like all this history and everything. And Absolutely. then I went back and read some of the new 52 for what I was reviewing. And I'm thinking this world's really flat. Feels super really shallow, dull. doesn't it? And, yeah. And obviously, you know, they had that little uh, curtain with the silhouette with a bunch of characters on it, which to me, and I did a whole video on this comic too, since feel free to check it out on my channel, plug, plug, nudge, nudge, where it looked like up front, it looked like that was Wally West flash power ring green lantern and then like either connor hawk or red arrow to where i'm like yep. oh these are these are all legacy heroes is this is this the thing now are you bringing back the legacy heroes are you actually bringing back that sense of history and continuation that has been lost by kind of ignoring sidekicks in the new 52 it certainly seems that way i, I would love that i mean i would be over the freaking moon for that and one thing that makes me really happy and like really excited for that that it might be true is jeff johns made reference to how much he liked what's going on in batman and robin eternal right now yep which is a whole series that marching statements seem to be okay let's bring back characters people like like cassandra kane like asriel etc etc yeah, it's a, it's a book about sidekicks. Yeah, a book about sidekicks and where it's like, okay, we're going to bring these characters back, but we're going to weave it in a organic way. And they're not just going to be like, hey, here's a character who showed up. And again, the whole rebirth thing, bringing it back to Green Lantern and Flash rebirth, that's kind of what it was, where it's like, hey, here's Hal, here's uh, Barry back from the dead. We're not upsetting continuity, but here's also a fresh start for them and all the stuff you like and remember. Mm -hmm. yep. So, I mean, if they wanted to whole, like whole company wide do that that would be pretty sick it, it would be it'd be really cool that would be really really sick like it's like it's almost too good to be true like i almost don't dare to dream that's what they're doing yeah it's it, and, they, and again it also is sort of like it seems like they have been listening to people but it also plays into the whole fact that they haven't been selling very much that too so they've probably gone back like oh well, we'll go back to what people were buying and Hopefully that'll help us. Yeah, where it's like, okay, guys, let's turn the clock back to when we were doing good and selling a bunch. What were we doing then? Yeah, and they also dropped the price of the comics as well. They did, but here's the fucked up thing. So to compete with Marvel, who, which many of their biggest books, Spider-Man, Deadpool, X-Men, etc., etc., have gone bi-monthly. So now the big guns at DC, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Justice League, etc., are also going twice a month. Here's the thing, though. They're going to be $2.99, which is cheaper than your average comic, which will run you about $3.99. But because they're bi-monthly now, you're actually going to be spending more in the long run. Yeah, I, I sort of worked that out to begin with. And think they, You are paying less, but you're not really paying less in the long run. Yeah, where it's like, oh, this is so nice. But then it's like, hey, <laughs> look, okay, DC, you can do this. But you have to stop coming out with those, like, really special damn near $10 comics is the thing. Yeah, yeah, like I, the I, yeah eight ninety nine Batman books and ex whatnot. Exactly. Like, I will be okay with this. I will be okay with the two ninety nine to, like, four ninety nine five dollars $5 future. But you have to stop doing that is the thing. You have to stop expecting us to pay damn near $10. And like I, I, think, I think they are starting to do that because I think the – uh, the whole rebirth thing starts with like this big eighty-page book, 80 and I think that's giant even going from John's, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's even going for two ninety-nine as well. Yeah, I was gonna say that better not be expensive. Is the thing that that better be a free comic book day exclusive or something? <laughs> <laughs> is what that better be? Now, I, I guess too another thing that uh, requires mentioning it's something that I'm that a lot of comic sites and a lot of comic fans in general aren't bringing up. 
of all the titles that they've mentioned, there has been a serious scaling back of titles. This is literally just bare bones. Pretty much everything new and interesting that they brought out as part of DCU is gone now. Yep, it's back to basics. You got your Batman, your Superman, your Wonder Woman, your Justice League books, and then couple of bare bones books off of those books yeah and then it's either books like suicide squad and green arrow that either have movies or tv shows or tangential connections to movies and tv shows yeah and there's some that are coming back but they're only coming back as a special yeah 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 it's really it's it's really weird it's really interesting i just i just kind of feel bad because it's like you know the whole dcu initiative where it's like hey do you like comics do you like things different well come to dc where there's surely to be a book for you and then with dc rebirth did we say there was a book for you gays and women what we really meant was fuck you (laughs) (laughs) sorry you weren't buying enough midnighter and starfire and black canary oops (laughs) Sorry about that. I think Midnighter is honestly the book I'm going to miss the most out of the ones that yeah. got. That's still not to say he's gone forever. I know you and I had a great pitch last week where it's like, make Midnighter join the Justice League. Yeah, yeah, Justice League team or just some in some other book somewhere. Yeah, how, how fucking wicked would that be, Midnighter on the Justice League? That would be pretty cool. Where it's like, hey, Batman's being too weird and paranoid. You, you actually seem more well-adjusted, Midnighter. <laughs> would you like to join our team? <laughs> Uh, and they're like, well, hey, Lex Luthor's already on the team, so you really can't discriminate anymore, can you? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, yeah, you know, he, he he's good for the group and everything. Plus, uh, when the Justice League files our taxes, we get to uh, check the diversity box on our thing. <laughs> Cha-ching! And Midnighter's like, hey, do you really want me on the team because I'm good, or do you just want me here because I'm gay and I'm good for diversity? Um, can't it be both? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see now there's a good comedy pitch right there just make it like a weird workplace drama with the midnighter and the rest of the justice league (laughs) hey what do you do for fun well i have a computer in my head (laughs) i have a fight computer it makes me awesome uh some books too so birds of prey is coming back but not on its own it's now batgirl and the birds of prey Mm-hmm. Like yep. they like they didn't trust Birds of Prey on their own, and the Green Lantern Corps is coming back, but it's Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Like they didn't trust the Green Lantern Corps on their own. Yeah, yeah, they've merged the Green and the Green Lantern book is now Green Lanterns. Yeah, oh, with an S. See, I didn't catch that. Yeah, which is kind of what it always should be, because I know I've always said before the Green Lantern universe is so much bigger than just Hal. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Red Hood in Arsenal has now become Red Hood in the Outlaws again, which I'm like, oh, God, please don't send Starfire back to that team. <laughs> please, for the love of fuck, send her to join the Titans book, because we're getting a book that's just called Titans now, which is clearly a spin-off sequel to Titans Hunt. Yep. Which I think is totally awesome that we're going to get a grown-up team of Teen Titans and all the ones you remember. Please, please, please. Cut Caveboy and cut Hawk from that team because no one really remembers nor likes them. Please put Arsenal and Starfire back on that team and let that be the Titans book. Pretty, pretty, please. <laughs> Hell, you know, put Cyborg on the team, too. Cyborg ain't doing much. Friggin', you know, put Cyborg back on the Titans and promote Martian Manhunter back up to Justice League. Yeah, I don't even know why he was on the Justice League to begin with. Who, Cyborg? Yeah. Because he was on the cartoon, and also they 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 figured out, the comic writers, what Dwayne McDuffie, Bruce Tim, and Paul Dini figured out when they were putting together the cartoon Justice League, and that is, huh, having a team full of just a bunch of white people lording over Earth in their satellite lair seems a little weird, doesn't it? Maybe maybe we should put some diversity on there. Just get Martian Manhunter in there and make Martian, him black. 
I was. I mean, yeah, he could be anything he wanted. Hell, do for, have John Stewart be the one on the team, maybe. You <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. And Jeff Johns is like, no, but how though? But how? I love Hal so much. <laughs> I love him this much. And then Jeff Johns comes with his arms super stretched out. This is how much I love him. <laughs> Even though fans really love John Stewart, but you know we can't make them too happy. Is the thing. No, no. Can't can't bring too much joy to them. Uh, what else was there for DC Rebirth? There was a lot of little stuff to cover on here. Uh, uh, Nightwing's getting a book? Yes, Nightwing is coming back, and for the love of fuck, make his costume blue. It's coming back for as long as Dan DiDio, you know, doesn't notice it. They must they just, they, they, he comes into the office, does, like, his checks, and then, like, once he leaves to, like, go to, like, the, the office in L.A. or something, he, they, like, quickly pull out all the boards and start writing the comic again. I like I like to imagine that, like, Jeff Johns has to put knockout drops in uh, Dan DiDio's coffee every morning and then, like, forge his signature on Nightwing, and then, like, Dan DiDio gets special press releases with Nightwing blacked out. <laughs> It's like spaces, and they get him, and he's like, oh, yeah, this looks good. And then they go back and just put Nightwing in there. Dan is going to be walking down a hall at a con next time, and he's going to see the new Nightwing book. He's like, hey, I didn't sign off on this bullshit. And it's like, no, 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 this is a new variant cover for a re-release of a book we're doing. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, I, <laughs> I, I was going to start flipping things and cock-punching people. Now I'm glad I don't have to. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, Nightwing is back, which we all knew had to happen. Grayson, as much as I liked Grayson and I did like Grayson, it had a good run. I think it's time for Nightwing to come back. Yep. So does that mean Tom King? Is Tom King going to be running? Because they've signed him exclusively to DC. They have. That's another big piece of news that came out this week. DC uh, nailed people down for exclusive contracts, and he was one of the people for sure. There was talk that he was going to be writing Batman for the longest bit now. That was the hot new rumor that he'd be taking over Batman. Yeah, I wonder if that's still happening or whether he's going to just transition over into Nightwing or something. That's perhaps the most annoying thing about DC Rebirth because I'm a guy who loves my writers so much. They they never shared a damn thing about who's writing any of these new books. No, well, I know like some of the artists that are going to be involved, like Gary Frank and Ethan mm. Van Scriver and all that. But but they're yeah, none of the art, none of the none of the writers or anything and. I'd really like to see who is writing what. Yeah, and considering that this whole DC Rebirth thing won't take effect until, like, the summer, that's probably because they don't have it nailed down yet who's going to be writing what. Yeah, they're probably still deciding. They're like, look, guys, even we don't know. I would like, I would really like to see some of these teams continue. I would definitely like to see, I'd like to see Tim Seeley keep up with uh, Nightwing and Dick Grayson because I think he did really well on Grace, and I would like to kind of see him continue. Where it's like, okay, you made him a spy, now put him back. Mm -hmm. And I'd also like to see uh, Benjamin Percy and uh, uh, pa Patrick Zercher, who are doing Green Arrow right now, I'd like to see them uh, keep on that book for a bit. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I guess I guess another thing worth mentioning, and you know, uh, Jeff Johns was sure to bring this up in the video where he's like, "Okay, so moving forward, we're not going to let the movies and TV shows uh, influence the comics anymore. Moving forward, we promise." I'll, I'll be I'll be keeping an eye out for that. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm like, and I hope you keep that promise, sir. But I do not believe you. <laughs> you know, when Batman turns up in his Mad Max outfit yeah, to like. Really fight the joker or something you know what? let's start it right now let's start it right now at the time of this recording which is uh monday february 22nd at uh at 10 27 is what it is let's mark that on our calendar how long it takes them before they start letting the movies and tv shows start uh 
<laughs> start influencing the <laughs> comics again. And it's so weird, too, because he's like, yeah, you know, I, I sat down with the Green, uh, Green Arrow team and I asked them, you know, well, what do we love about these stories? You know, n- not even talking about the TV show, just not even letting that enter the conversation. What did we love about Longbow Hunters? And I'm like, oh, you mean the comic that influences the show probably more than any other Green Arrow story? You mean that one? <laughs> <laughs> where it's like see it already seems like you're being a little bit hypocritical on this one jeff jones <laughs> no 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 don't 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 even let the tv show uh cloud your judgment but also let's only look at these storylines and comics that the tv show stole from <laughs> is let's let's do that now what do we love about the dark knight now let's let this influence all of batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Batman's going to be this huge, hulking, muscular old man. It's like, you know, there's other stories. Okay, well, you see, Marvel's doing really good with their old man Logan now, so I say we have old man Bruce for Rebirth. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just old as shit, and he's super angry, and he has a bat walker that he beats up criminals with. Let's do that. Yeah. And he's tired of everyone's shit, so he's got a list of all these villains he's going to go kill. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, and you know, and then he goes to the IHOP and he gets really upset about his breakfast and he sends it back. <laughs> and then he sits down all of his sidekicks and said, you know, back in my day, things only cost a nickel. And then he forgets what he's got to do and goes to bed at four o'clock. <laughs> you see, that's the thing. This Batman uh, gets up really early, though, and fights by day, but he's in bed really early, too. <laughs> this this is also going to be an old man Bruce Wayne, old man Batman, who's just casually racist all the time, but in a folksy way. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to bring Frank Miller in to write the racist stuff. <laughs> He's really good at it, Frank. In fact, he keeps sending them to our office all the time, these skeleton scripts. They might just be racist <laughs> rants, but we're going to pick out the best stuff and put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> Issue one, Batman fights his most dangerous enemy yet, the Mexicano. <laughs> not today, uh, Mexicano. <laughs> and, he, uh, and he's like, dude, my, my name is Juan. I work at the bank. What What do you want? <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> Angry Batman yells at Cloud. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's. I think that's everything on DC Rebirth. It sounds very interesting, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Where I'm definitely more excited about this than I was excited about DCU. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's oh. a bit better changes and stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm sad to see all those different diverse titles go to be scaled back. It definitely feels like a desperation move. The world's like, no, 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 we can't take any chances. Back to the things people like. Yep. Is what we got to do. But, I mean, hey, you know, I mean, if, if, if it works and if they do good stories, that's all I really care about at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it's going to be good for us for comic book critics because now we're going to have a shit ton of new number ones to cover. Yep, and people are going to want them covered. Number ones always do good. For all you budding uh, comic book YouTubers out there, first issues always do great, and final issues always do great. Yep. In in between can totally eat it, but first issues and last issues always do great. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, we have a couple first issues to talk about when we get into the What We Read This Week segment, so I'm happy about that. Cool. Uh, Speaking of new series and moving on to the Marvel side of things, hey, you know that Deadpool guy, right, Matt? Yeah, he seems kind of familiar. He, he, he seems kind of familiar. He, he seems like people might like him. It seems like people might like him for like the last two weeks in a row, and he might have made a lot of money <laughs> or something. 
But uh, but off the back of that, they've announced the new Deadpool miniseries. Obviously, if you read a lot of Deadpool comics, you'll know he has his main ongoing book. And then they try out a bunch of different writers to do a bunch of miniseries. There was, of course, uh, Deadpool versus Carnage, Deadpool versus Hawkeye. Well, the new one is going to be Deadpool and Gambit. I'm not sure if he's going to be versing Gambit yet, but it's Deadpool and Gambit. I, I think I've read somewhere where it is Deadpool versus Gambit. Oh, okay, so he's going to be fighting him then. There you go. And I'm sure hilarity will ensue. Yep. Yep. I mean, I okay. guess those I guess those books must do really good Deadpool versus blank because they keep bringing them out every year or so. Yeah, well, I think it's just like one of those um, oh, what's the word for it? One of those series that you know, it's just like a series of events that they can pile into like a trade or something the deadpool versus or something for sure for sure what what always kind of bugged me about them is that every so often the main deadpool book will make reference to something that happened in the miniseries and i'm like fuck i want to go read the miniseries (laughs) (laughs) don't don't tell me to go read the miniseries that's how they get you it's how they get it's how they get you every time uh so yeah that's that, that's kind of interesting. Gambit's been absent from the Marvel Universe over the last little bit, and even the last time we thought we saw him in Uncanny Avengers, turned out it wasn't even him. <laughs> so the only time we've seen Gambit since, like, the breakup of Uncanny X-Factor, and it's been a freaking fake-out. Jesus. wonder what he's been up to, Gambit. Probably being Cajun somewhere. <laughs> yeah, down in New Orleans. Being Cajun somewhere, wearing that weird kind of neck, forehead hat thing that he what the hell is that thing that gambit wears i I don't know it's something that makes his hair like stick up and out like like a you know like a stalk of broccoli yeah i know it's like i I would love to talk to the original artist and be like what is that that he's it's not quite a mask it's not quite a helmet the hell you see it's a special thing that does something for x-men it's not quite a stocking cap it's not quite like a bandit mask it's very weird what he wears it is, it is. You ever stop and think Gambit is such a cool character, but his costume is so utterly ridiculous? It is, it's so weird. It's like that neck thing, and then it's like weird, like, ab armor. Yeah, like a weird pink boots. shirt ab armor and like a flasher's trench coat. Yeah, and then like a stick and playing cards. Yeah. It's just so weird. Kinetic cards. And then those gloves that are like those kind of like jeff hardy not quite gloves where it's like like I, one finger sticks out but the other ones don't yep is is that supposed to help him uh like shuffle the cards i guess i don't i don't know it's like it's like because he, he has like some of his fingers are covered and some of the other ones aren't it's like dude for the love of god either wear fingerless gloves or don't <laughs> you you can't pick and choose you hot topic disaster you <laughs> that's that's what he is he dresses from hot topic oh there you go yeah, they're, they're having a sale and these are the only items that were on sale and even in every generation with gambit like every time he gets redone he's always cool but his costume is still always ridiculous i know it's it's so weird it's wonderfully ridiculous i i liked in a uh, wolverine and the x-men it was uh phil lamar who did his voice so it was like gambit was voiced by a black man i'm like that's cool oh, that's cool that's it's like cool. it's like no white guy is cool enough to play a gambit. Who do we get? I know Samurai Jack. That's who we'll get. <laughs> Samurai Jack will be our gambit. Uh, so yeah, that was that was that news. Uh, the next piece here, and this was just something kind of funny that I thought you and I would get a good laugh out of Madden. That is apparently in preparation for the new Ghostbusters movie. Which, regardless of how you feel about it, I think people will dig this story. They're bringing back Ecto Cooler. Cool, cool. Yes. 
I never had Ecto Cooler. Did you? I I remember something to do with Ghostbusters. It was it it wasn't like obviously the original run of it, but it was like something like they brought out like similar to this, like a like a long time ago. There's a lot I'd... of Ghostbusters products. Like I know our younger fans out there probably don't know, but Ghostbusters was like Star Wars level in terms of just like products. Oh yeah, it was everywhere. The TV series, lunch boxes, mm. toys, everything. Wonder if that stuff's worth anything this day and age. Probably. Yeah, pro- probably not. Maybe maybe once the new movie comes out. Right, right. Ooh, can I get the Melissa McCarthy action figure? Can I make her fall down? <laughs> yes. And you, Ooh, Mo- Kung Fu fall down action. <laughs> and you, Melissa McCarthy action figure, make Fatty fall down. Fatty falls down, and it's funny. You know, out of, the other day, out of curiosity, I looked up the teaser trailer that they released that movie, and <laughs> holy crap, like, the, the, the amount of dislikes it has. This oh, is the official one from this Sony uh, YouTube. It's it's insane, and it doesn't show anything. It's just a bunch of, like, police officers and National Guard people. I'm like, what are you, what are you disliking? They've hit, they've hit a weird nerve in a lot of people with this Ghostbusters movie, and I don't understand it either. Like, I chop it up to, like, you know, how dare... It's like the Thor thing, where it's like, you know, how dare a woman steal the role of a traditionally masculine... It's like, guys, you're, you're just mad because it's not Bill Murray, to which I'm like, I, okay, fine, whatever, I'd be mad too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like such a silly thing to get mad about, too. It's like, Ghostbusters, really? Yeah, it's, well, it, it's popular. It's, you know, there's a lot of pop culture around it and everything i guess you know like i've said it before and i stand by it and i'll say it again doing anything new with ghostbusters is a terrible idea whether it would be a remake a direct sequel or this new one they're doing with women it's a bad idea period just to try and recreate that magic because they tried recreating it with the sequel and that sucks (laughs) yeah i I like the sequel do do you you like that one it's it it doesn't it's good i like it it's not not anything different. It's just the same sort of stuff and everything. It that's, doesn't that's, that's, try anything. And and the bad guy's cool. I like the bad guy. That's fine. But but is he as cool as Zool and Gozar? No. It's, see, that's the thing where it's like it's okay, but not anywhere near as good. But it does have that w- weird German guy in it. That's that's also true. Weird weird that's, German guy. That's is a always... that's a plus. That's a plus. <laughs> what did your movie have? Weird German guy. Oh, 10 out of 10. Yeah, you know, at least with this new one where it's like, look, it's a bad idea anyway, but at least recasting it with women is an interesting bad idea. Yeah, and I, I, the thing about that is, like, are they doing it for the right reason, or are they just doing it because, oh, look, we're diverse, you know? We're doing this because we want to do it and not because it's something that people want to see, all the SJWs and everything. Ooh, Matt just used a really harsh word on the internet. You ne- <laughs> you never say that word online because shit descends into anarchy the second you say it. Oh, well. <laughs> M- M- Matt, you just blew up the internet. Are you happy now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's always happy with himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, the bit that uh, I had, too, if it sounded like I was being unnecessarily mean to Melissa McCarthy... By saying fatty fall down, she really does it to herself, because here's the That's thing. That's the thing. That's her thing in the movies. It, it is her thing. Like, here's the fucked up thing. All those movies where she falls down and kind of debases herself, her and her husband wrote and directed those movies. Yeah, I know. Paul Fagro, and he's doing Ghostbusters. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's like the weird thing where it's like, 
you're, you're in on the joke, right? Like, you understand people are cruel and say things like fatty fall down. So you're like, yeah, fatty fall down to the bank is what she does with your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She She's, you know, she's not stupid or anything. She's not doing it because, you know, hey, oh, look, I'm comedy. She's doing it because it makes money. And it's not even like she's completely unfunny, too. Like, I, she hosted SNL the last week. Like, even though I don't enjoy her movies, in short bursts and sketch comedy, like on Saturday Night Live, she can be pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and same with, like, all the, all of them. Like, a couple of them are from SNL. Oh, a I think lot of them. All of, the, all, all, of, all of the female Ghostbusters are. And on there, they're funny. Like, oh, yeah, there was a, totally. There was a Kate McKinnon sketch that she did with, um, uh, do it with Ryan Gosling. And it was it was hilarious. It oh, was I, hilarious. I, I like her. She's really good. She uh, yeah. She, she's been really good this season too. The uh, Melissa McCarthy sketch that I'm uh, that I'm thinking of that she did this week that had me killing myself. Uh, it was like a like one of those the game pickup artists, but for women. And she played this completely socially inept woman who was kept like kept saying like, "Hey, you, my uh, my uncle's a serial killer. He keeps people in trundle beds. Want to get a drink?" <laughs> And just kept, like, doing the most horrible things. And I'm like, okay, this sketch is so weird, it's funny. Uh, that's great. Yeah, so uh, m- moving on from that admittedly pretty deep, ongoing conversation we had from talking about freaking High C, then bringing back a drink that's ecto-cooler. Hey, Ghostbusters, man. Uh, serious good. business. It is serious business, apparently, to a more, uh, what is it, to, to, to a more kind of, I was going to say funny topic, but it's not a funny topic, it's actually kind of sad. <laughs> Uh, Stan Lee announced this week that his last Canadian con ever is going to be this year's Fan Expo. Yeah, he's he's getting on in age. 92 years old. And he's still pretty spry. Yeah, he's pretty spry. I know when this news got out, everyone was, you know, tweeting me and emailing me and Skyping me and saying, you're going to go, uh, Joel, right? You're going to go to Fan Expo and meet Stan Lee for his last time, which admittedly I, I have not yet. I've been to multiple cons where he's been at. And his line has always been way too freaking long, and he's always charging like a hundred bucks for an autograph. So I'm like, no. Yeah, he he was he came to one of the big ones I went to, and I wanted to go see him and everything. And then like the ticket prices, because of like the Australian dollar and everything, it was like two hundred dollars to get a photo and like meet him and everything. And I'm like, I just don't have the money. <laughs> but it's like now you have to do it because now you got to think about it. I as know. Like, it's like an investment in the future because he's never going to do it again and be like yeah i got this at the last con man yeah yeah i met stanley you know before he passed away or something not that his signature or anything he signed is ever going to be worth any money i think he's even joked before that he signed so many things at so many conventions he's gone out of his way to make his signature completely and utterly worthless i I actually really like that as well because then you get all those people in line who claim to have his signature like oh i've got this Captain America shield mm-hmm. that was signed originally it was like original make of the Captain America shield and it was signed by Stan Lee but it's like totally fake and everything. Yeah. So so that's good that he's doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely so you won't get anyone, you know, uh friggin' you know cheaping out on his name and scamming people with you know like uh, auto pens or what have you. Yeah. I uh, I had actually won a contest uh, a while back. I think it was to win like a bunch of uh, movie posters that they had had up and framed and everything. That's like, oh, and look, uh, it's got Robert Downey Jr.'s autograph and Chris Evans' autograph. And I asked them point blank, I'm like, are those real autographs or are those auto pens? And they're like, we don't know. We'll uh, we'll get back to it for you. They got back to me and said, yeah, they're auto pens. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want it then. 
<laughs> yeah, we I see them all the time in like shopping centers and everything. Every now and then they'll they'll be like a kiosk open and they'll have like all like the posters or like little like stills from the movie with mm-hmm. like the 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 signature of the actor or actress and everything. And I'm like, yeah, they're not real. Yeah, you, why are you charging? Why are you charging three hundred dollars for that? It's true. You got you got to watch out, people. There's a lot of fakes out there in the uh, in the collecting community. Don't want to get taken. Yeah, I I know Mark Hamill is like a really big thing about that, and he's like actively seeking out like people who are selling stuff with his name on it mm-hmm. and like and like verifying if it he did sign it or not and then he force chokes the shit out of them if he didn't <laughs> yeah it does the jedi mind trick and it's like you will punch yourself in the balls you will <laughs> actually I, I guess too or on the subject of new stuff i had i didn't even put this on our itinerary but it uh, broke not too long ago so i guess we should uh, Zack Snyder tweeted out a picture there where we can see some of the costumes for the new Batman v Superman. Yeah, d- that dude looks haggard. Yeah, he kind of does. I guess doing a movie like this will age you five, ten years. Yeah, and yeah, this image had, um, I guess, all the costumes in the background, or at least some of them. You can visually see Flash. Some people, obviously, because this is the internet, have isolated some images. You can see what looks to be an Aquaman suit. Again, it's all armor with scales, no shock. And there's no color in it as well. Yeah, because why would any why would Aquaman need color? It's not like there's color at the it's, bottom of the it's ocean. It's like it's like that green that um, army people wear. That's like not green, but it's more like a brown. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, because he's a king, but he's a tactical king. Is what you need to understand, Matt. Attack king. <laughs> Attack king. Dude, there's the action figure right there. Attack king Aquaman with trident action. Press the button in his back and watch him stab. I, I saw an Aquaman figure the other day, and it surprisingly had like a lot of like articulation. It wasn't one of those multiverse ones. It was one of those uh, three-inch ones. Mm-hmm. Those really small ones. It surprisingly had like a lot of articulation. It was actually pretty colorful. Yeah. I think it might have just been a variant because I know they've done like, like you know, grappling punch Batman <laughs> and kryptonite drill Superman and whatnot. Lava attack Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, at least the Flash suit is clearly red. And I mean, yeah, it's armored. It, it looks very Power Rangers, but like in a good way, as I joked before. Yeah, we couldn't really see it very well. Nah. Uh, Momoa was yeah. smiling, though. That was fun. <laughs> he was smiling and doing rock on while also kind of looking like a homeless person with that big Aquaman beard. <laughs> he always looks homeless. Where it's like, wait, is that Jason Momoa or did a homeless guy just wander on set? I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> Snyder was so tired that he thought that homeless man was Momo. He's like, hey, Jason, you come in to see your costume, come in. The homeless guy's like, well, okay. Man, he filmed five scenes in a row in this new Justice League movie with a hobo instead of Jason Momoa. <laughs> Momoa was out back getting coffee and making a phone call he didn't even know. Uh, the hobo was the stand-in. <laughs> but man, that Okay, ho- guys, bring in the hobo, bring in the hobo. But damn, to think that hobo gave a hell of a performance. He's uh, he's up for an Academy Award now. <laughs> <laughs> and that story is so good, they're making that into a new Oscar movie. <laughs> Starring Leonardo DiCaprio. As the hobo and as the Oscar. <laughs> Wait, he plays an award? Yes. He paints himself gold and he plays the Oscar. It's amazing. I, 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 want, him to, I want Leonardo DiCaprio to do a movie about the guy who set up the Oscars. <laughs> 
and he'll play the guy who set up the Oscars as like this horrible human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just this evil man. Just this scummy monster. And he's like, man, I'll not give Leo his award because fuck him, that's why. Yeah, fuck black people. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but but Mr. Guy who set up the Academy Awards, Leonardo DiCaprio's not even born yet. Well, fuck him in the future then. <laughs> <laughs> because I can. Uh... <laughs> So yeah, that's that, that's the costume talk. We went from that to people in the past telling Leonardo DiCaprio to fuck off. <laughs> I'm amazed they haven't snatched Leo up for a superhero role yet. I think he like tr- he's he's like tried and everything, but they've never really like settled on anything. Yeah. I think he's he, I think he's like, "Oh, well, I get an Oscar. Well, yeah. I get an Oscar for this." What what do you think he would be good for? I could see him as like a Richard Rider. Uh Hmm. I could I could see him as someone like like a movie version of like Maxwell Lord or something. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because he's a little older now. Yeah, I could see that part of his hair. Yep, yep, that's a good one. Yeah, be a good Maxwell Lord. Uh, put a cape on him. He could be Adam Warlock. Yeah, yeah. Imagine that, and Leonardo DiCaprio is Adam Warlock. Yeah. He just plays him like he did in The Wolf of Wall Street. Let's take Quaaludes, Avengers. <laughs> Let's take these Infinity Quaaludes. <laughs> oh, God, Leonardo DiCaprio won't stop eating Infinity Stones. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Someone stop him. He's getting all high and crazy. Oh, God, he's got mush mouth. He's trying to crawl to the spaceship to get home. <laughs> and then it was at that point I learned one of the side effects of Infinity Stones, the palsy stage. <laughs> <laughs> How did that role not win him an Oscar? Him crawling to his car all messed up. I know, it was so great. Look, he should win an award every year for that. If uh, it was up to me, I'd make a special Oscar just for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's where we ended up from costume talk. Uh, I guess another piece of news, and this is just kind of something that I care about. I don't know if Matt gives a shit about it. Uh, were you a fan of the Avatar The Last Airbender show, Matt? Not really. Not really? Well, well, Dan, then you're not going to like this new story. Then. <laughs> uh, there's going to be new Avatar comics now, and apparently they're going to be ongoing series instead of, like, uh, really long but really well put together uh, minis. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, not, not, not much more to Is say. Is it, like, continuing, like, the show or something? Yes. Oh, yes, I they, can. They, they, they've all been continuing the show, actually, which is super cool. It's, it's cool. very much like the Star Wars expanded universe. Cool. Is what it is. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for that uh, moving forward. Nice. And uh, I guess from that very, very brief piece of news there, we can hop into what we read this week. Oh, and I imagine this week we had quite a few books that we both we, read. We did. It was a big week. It took a lot to schedule everything that was coming out, honestly, for me. It did, and there were some books that were longer than others that I didn't really expect and everything. Yeah, yeah. Did you want to go first, or should I go first? Uh, you can go first. Okay, so I guess uh, the big book that came out this week, the one that I'm sure we both read and the one that we can talk about, is the kickoff to the brand new Avengers Marvel event, and that was Avengers Standoff Welcome to Pleasant Hill, issue number one. Yeah, I reviewed this, and it was pretty good. I, I really liked it, actually. This is Nick Spencer, of course, who did Superior Foes and the new Sam Wilson Captain America and the current Ant-Man run. And this kind of seems to be jumping off from his Captain America run. Maria Hill and S.H.I.E.L.D. are a little bit more morally dubious now. They've been running experiments on the uh, Cosmic Cube. 
mm-hmm. which is so wonderfully comic book where it's like, hey, here's this artifact of amazing power. We have its shards. What should we do? Oh, I'll poke it with a stick, I guess. See what happens. <laughs> put it in a room full of rats and see what it does to them. <laughs> hey, let's put it in a blender. You know that show, Will It Blend? Let's put chunks of the cosmic cube in a blender and see if it'll blend. <laughs> <laughs> they throw it in the microwave. Oh man, Jenkins has had a great idea to deep fry some of these cosmic cube pieces. <laughs> Let's see if we'll do. Let's see if it'll fuck shit up. And the answer to that question is yes, actually. Yes, it fucks shit up immensely. Yes, it erases memories. <laughs> erases memories and allows them to create new ones in this weird Pleasantville, Stepford Wives, Orwellian nightmare prison for supervillains. Yeah, now, I, when, when I was reading it, my immediate thought went to, this is pretty much Marvel's identity crisis. Yeah, I, I, I watched your review and you mentioned that. Yeah, it, it feels a lot like this, you know, they're wiping villains' memories I, and sort of, like, rehabbing them and everything. I would say the big difference about that is obviously an identity crisis. We saw that through the eyes of the heroes. Here mm-hmm. in Avengers Standoff, we see it first through the eyes of the villains, actually. Yeah, and this one villain who, at the, for the first couple of pages, I thought, oh, maybe this is like Steve Rogers or, or someone. Or Winter Soldier, because it looked like Bucky if he cut his hair. Yeah, and then we then like halfway through the book, I'm thinking, oh no, this guy's a villain. This guy's a villain. He's being held somewhere because I remember that first part in where they interview Maria Hill about the Cosmic Hugum and like what they're doing and everything with uh, was it Kobik? Yeah, Kodik, the special security protocol, who is so clearly the little girl who's on the cover and in other stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. She Apparently, she was in X-Men as well. Really? She was somehow tied in. Yeah, I remember Mitch mentioning something. She was in X-Men. Is that? Like, yeah. Are you sure he's not mixing up his little girls, or is he sure he's not thinking of the one who can control demons currently? Probably is, you know, all the little girls look the same, they're all creepy. In Mitch's defense, they do look exactly the same in his defense. I could not blame him for that one. And uh, funny, in the X-Men books, they're saying she's going to be important now to the coming Apocalypse War, which is the next big X-Men event coming down the pipeline. Oh, I wonder why that is. Yeah, geez, I wonder what Apocalypse be coming. But why Why now of all times would they want to bring Apocalypse? (laughs) I, I just don't understand. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, Avenger Standoff is a really cool premise for this event. I like that post-Secret Wars, Marvel's like, well, shit, we just can't sit on our hands and deliver another paint-by-numbers event. we got to actually think outside the box on this one. Yeah, and this also has me thinking that maybe this also ties into Civil War Two as well. Mm. Like, this, like, gets out and, like, maybe the villains are going to be technically the good guys because they realize what's been done to them and they're like, hey, that's not right. That would be interesting, yeah, definitely. Also, I think it's great that they let Nick Spencer take point on this, a guy who's mostly done smaller books. Well, Captain America is not a small book, but, you know, more comedy-centric stuff. Here, this is the most serious thing he's ever written, I think. Yeah, it's it's pretty serious. It's pretty serious. Also, hey, holy shit, uh, Dr. Selvig from the Thor movies making his first canon appearance in the comics now. Is this his first ca- I thought he'd been in it before. Nope. That's why I didn't sort of mention it. I just thought, oh, it's Eric Selvig. I thought he was in the comics I, beforehand. No one has corrected me yet, so I'm going to say yes, this is his first canon appearance. Oh, nice. Yeah, good for him. Good for good for Stellan Starsguard. Someone go tell him, if you haven't already. <laughs> be like, hey, dude, you're in the comics now. You'll probably be like, cool. Yeah. And just walk off. Yeah, in his cold Germanness, cool. <laughs> Life is short and fleeting. Deutschland, Drotwurst. <laughs> he is German, right? I think. 
Yeah, or Norwegian or something. Or something. Or something like that, you know. <laughs> uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, I had... What did I have? I had Superman American Alien Issue ah, 4. I was sure to read that, too. Some pretty cool shit. Holy shit, this was a cool book. Yeah, we get to, see, cool get to see Clark's first day in Metropolis. Yep, gets his car stolen. Yep, which is beautiful. So I, I like this idea that Metropolis was way shittier before he became Superman. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's Look, sort of like a, a brighter version of Gotham. Yeah, a little bit. Like, you never think of Metropolis as a place where you can get your car stolen, but there you go on his first day. Yeah, and that's the thing, because we've never really experienced Metropolis before Superman was Superman. Yeah. And yeah, it's rampant crime and stuff like that, but it was pretty cool. We got to see Oliver Queen, more of Oliver Queen, and it referenced the book that came before it and Which everything. Which is great. Friggin' Max Landis, he writes, a, he writes a mean Oliver Queen, I gotta say. Yeah, he good Oliver Queen. I thought you might like that little part on the chopper. Oh, that, that was that my had. favorite part. I was all about that. Yeah, that was great. That was so great. The fact that he mentions Starfish Island and goes, yeah, you know, I used to be a member of the Idol Rich, but ever since coming back now, I want to earn my sense of, uh, you know, self-worth, and you know, I want to earn my ego and everything. I'm like, yes, yes, a million times, yes, this is the Green Arrow that I love so much. Yeah, then, then we got Lex Luthor, who's, oh my god, this this needs to be the Lex Luthor in the main books. Yes, this it is, does. This is Aaron Rand... Oh, God, yes. Lex Luthor. He, he is, so he is the Randian Superman, and he basically yeah. says that I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I am what is best for this world because I am truly exceptional. Everyone just needs to get out of my way and let me be exceptional. Yeah, I'm the only one who cares and everything. Yeah, and, and even just the little stuff he says, like I mentioned, he mentions the uh, Randian Superman thing, so he actually gets to say Superman before Superman, and he says yep. people walk around with S's on their chest like they think they're special or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, this is so good. That whole speech, I'm like, okay, this is this is right up there now with like top ten favorite Lex Luthor yeah, speeches. Yeah, it, it was so, like, just those couple of panels he was in, it was so good. Yeah, and, and the um, fact that he's talking but doesn't even really care that Clark's there. He's like, are you still here? Yeah, yeah, and then he dumps him on the kindergarten level where oh, he meets Dick Grayson. That's fucking brilliant. I love that that he meets Dick Grayson and not Bruce Wayne Batman and that he actually interviews Dick Grayson. Yeah, and I like that Dick's trying to, like, work him out because he, obviously he is Robin at this point. Mm -hmm. he's so he's, like, to trying to work out Clark and he can't exactly work him out. And, like, this, he, he gets, like, one clue about him wearing glasses, but he's not far-sighted or mm. near-sighted so he thinks something's up there but he can't really put his finger on it and everything it is great that he defies all uh, profiling yeah and then they have an amazing talk at like a chuck e cheese he like takes him to a chuck e cheese yeah <laughs> and he's like you know batman he's he's cool and everything but you know he might be too dark and scary i think he needs a light to help balance him out which is such a beautiful line because it could be taken to mean that he's talking about himself as robin but also kind of planting the seed for superman to go be superman exactly exactly yeah and at the end and of then, it clark puts on freaking batman's cape yeah yeah batman comes to find clark and like finds out that his birth certificate and all that is a forgery and wondering wants to know why he is has such an interest in dick grayson mm -hmm. and everything and, and and batman just flat out destroys him whoops his ass batman throws everything at him and it does absolutely nothing and clark has a great line where it's like hmm what headline would sound better batman is real or batman is bruce wayne <laughs> yeah that, that's great that's just so it shows how powerless batman is against this guy who's 
literally a god. You're lucky he's also like the nicest person around too. Yeah, if he didn't exactly. like you, he could have literally broken you in half when he got the jump on you. Yep, and yeah, and Lois Lane is in this, or Lewis Lane. I as love Clark. that he he uh, Clark assumed Lois had to have been a man because she was higher up in the news contest than he was. Yeah, that's great. I like that so that's much. Really funny. And the fact that off-screen, Lois did get the interview with Bruce that he couldn't. Yeah, and they have to, like, work together because he got interviews with Oliver and Lex. That's that's so good, man. That's Man, that book is great. I'm going to be sad when that book comes to an end. Yeah, but it's good. It's, at least it's actually getting its time to finish. Like, it's, like, it's mm-hmm. just a small series, so it's not being cancelled or anything. So, goddamn, it's so good. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I think only four issues in, and this is already shaping up to be, like, one of the best modern Superman stories. It's only real, uh, like, Challenger is the stuff going on in Lois and Clark right now. I know, because, yeah, it's... Yeah, I'm, those are, the, like, the two books, the two Superman books I will buy in physical trade. And they're both, like, more or less out of continuity. Yeah, they're the best. And they're the best ones. What 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 does that tell you, DC, that people are gushing all over <laughs> these Superman books and buying these one in mass? But, you know, the main Superman book, they're that's like, the, meh. That's the thing with DC Rebirth. I think they finally realized that and saying, oh, we'll bring back, you know, Action Comics 900. Also, hey, bring bring back the goddamn underwear on the outside, please. Oh God, yes, please. Please, is that is that look? You you're talking about honoring your legacy, and those are big words. Well, guess what? Underwear on the outside is Superman's fucking legacy, whether you like it or not. Yeah, that that costume is his legacy. Yeah, literally as well. It's yeah, exactly. Like it's made from the friggin' stuff he crashed on Earth in. Do something with it. <laughs> Stop trying to be hip and cool, and trying to be ahead of the curve, and just be what we like, please. Yep. Wouldn't it be weird if in DC Rebirth, Nightwing gets his blue back, but Superman still has no underwear on the outside? That 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 would be fucked up. I'd be like, oh god. I'd go tell. I'd if that happened, I would go tell Dan DiDio Nightwing is a book at the moment. <laughs> and spoil it for everybody. Hey Dan, did you know Nightwing's a book? What? <laughs> and then all around the world, people are like, oh, who told him? <laughs> I thought we all agreed not to tell Dan that this book was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, American Alien is freaking great. Yeah, it's so good. That book, that book's really freaking good. You should, you should all go buy it and read it because it's really great. Yeah. And, and not only that, but now that they're showing more connective tissue, I can't wait until that book is done so I can go back and reread it all because I'm sure uh, it looks like now Landis is telling one solid story. Yeah, well, I, I follow him on Twitter, and every time one of the books comes out, he does, like, a sort of live tweet of it. He does. And he said, he answered a question where he said, the first, it, it is that all the books are connected, and they go by, like, the between, like, books one and two, there's, like, six years. Between books, you know, two and three, mm-hmm. there's four years, and then it gets quicker and quicker. Between six and seven, I think there's only, like, two months or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's pretty cool. There's also a really sad little backup chapter there with uh, with Parasite. You see him as a young man, you see him get abused, you see him get addicted to drugs, and then you see him volunteer for the project that turns him into Parasite. Yeah, that was really that like just one pa- one panel, like one page, no dialogue, just told the whole story of Parasite in a really competent way. And I'm just like, oh, I feel bad for Parasite now, honestly, which I can't say I do in any other books that I feel bad for Parasite. No, in the other books, he's a real asshole. Yeah, but in this one, I'm like, oh, poor guy. 
And it's like, why, haven't, why hasn't he been in a movie? I know, right? He seems almost too perfect for a movie. And it's not as though he's like a little jobber either. No. He's, he's, he's pretty powerful. He could kill Superman if he wanted he's to. He's one of the foremost Superman villains. Like, if you told me, okay, name, like, Superman's five biggest threats, he would be on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would probably be, like, you know, Bizarro, Parasite, General Zod, etc., etc. Like, he, he's up there. Yeah. He's definitely up there. Uh, so, uh, what else do we have going on this week? I guess I'll go next. Hmm, <laughs> so many books to choose from. So many books to choose from. Oh, uh, I read the new Power Man and Iron Fist issue number one. I was gonna read this, but I didn't know, like, how it would do, or, like, what the whole deal with it was, was or anything. So, what was it like? It's super, super cool is what it is. It's, you know, a book that I think will please longtime heroes for higher fans, but also gives you a chance to, like, come into it if you're new. Because literally, as the comic opens, it's Danny and Luke going to pick up their old secretary that they had in the 70s from jail. Cool. Because she killed her abusive boyfriend, Crime Buster. Huh. And she's been doing, like, a long stretch, and they, they get her out of jail, and they, like, talk, and they reminisce about good times. And meanwhile, uh, Jessica Jones keeps calling Luke, and it's like, okay, so you're working with Danny again? No, 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 I'm not working with Danny. Okay, so you're reforming the Heroes for No, 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 I'm a solo agno, I promise. I'm not reforming the Heroes for Hire. I'm not going to put the tiara on, I promise. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Meanwhile, Danny is literally in the background making up flyers saying new heroes for hire. Call this number to hire us. Oh, that's great. Danny is back to the way I loved him and the way that he hasn't been, where he's kind of a goofball, where he's a lovable, nerdy goofball again. Do you think we'll get that in the Netflix show? Oh, man, that's – I don't know. I, I, You know, I think we will because I think that you'll have all these, like, dark series like Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and he'll be, like, the – yeah, he'll be the one that sort of jokes around and everything. And... and considering that he arguably has the most power out of everyone, that his fists literally light on fire. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be funny that the quote-unquote most powerful one of the team is also the silliest and most childlike of the team? Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be a nice contrast, because Daredevil, super serious. Jessica Jones, serious. Luke Cage, also looking to be quite serious. It's like you need one jokester on the team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need one Groot, you know, you need one funny one. Yep. Is what you need. That would be interesting, especially because his show comes out last, just to shock everybody. Yeah, yeah, it'll be like a real thing, like everyone expects like, oh, it's going to be this really brutal take on Danny Rand, and then he just comes out and he's like joking and stuff. It'll throw everyone for a loop. Now, that being said, you could do both. Like, it would be interesting to see him running around like in New York. And him being happy-go-lucky and silly, but then flash back to, like, his time learning kung fu, and that to be really dark and serious. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, when he gets into... when he becomes the Iron Fist. Mm -hmm. And kind of have the moral serious. of him being where it's like, look, I can be both guys. I can be dark and I can be fun at the same time. Exactly. I don't, exactly. I don't have to be one thing. I don't have to let the bad stuff that happened in my life define me. Mm -hmm. Which would also be a nice contrast with the rest of the members of the team who seem to let the bad stuff that happened to them define them all over the place. Yep. You know, friggin' Daredevil, I'm blind and my daddy died. Uh, Luke Cage, I went to jail and they experimented on me. Jessica Jones, oh god, I've got lots of issues. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny to be like, yeah, you know, parents died, you know, had a rough upbringing in kung fu school, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, you know, we all got issues, we all got stuff. But yeah, Power Man and Iron Fist, cool book. 
don't don't feel intimidated if you've never read uh, a Luke Cage or Iron Fist comic before. It's very new reader friendly. Cool, cool. It's it's funny too, and the dialogue is great. It's like a total black exploitation movie. It's it's like Shaft. It's great. Oh, nice. I, I, I friggin' loved it. I'm like, man, th- this is going to be one of these ones, isn't it? This is going to be one of these books that Joel loves but might die too soon. <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll get knocked off like Hercules or something. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah I guess we never talked about that, but friggin' Her- Hercules is canceled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I had like five different people tweet me what saying, a, oh, Hercules is canceled, Matt. What, what a kick in the nuts for a book that you and I both championed super hard. Yeah, it was so good. It was. I mean, I guess it gets to stick around and do that crossover with, like, Scarlet Witch and uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah. What a shame, man, Hercules. People people were literally not ready for you. No. Too soon. Ahead of your time. You were ahead of your time, sir. And and we will remember you as we pour this 40 out on the curb for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else did you have happening this week, Matt? Uh, I had Sinestro issue 20. Ah, uh, yes, man, Sinestro, a book I really want to read, but don't have anywhere near the context to read. It's it's still really good. The only thing bringing it down is literally creativity over continuity, oh. because it's still in that timeline where Clark doesn't have his powers, because Superman's in this book, he's got a he's got a yellow lantern ring, Um, so we're still dealing with, like, Superman who's just had his identity released, so it... It's already showing its age. Mm. The book, since that story no longer pertains to Superman anymore, he's got powers back and everything. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, like it's not referenced anywhere as well. And at the end of this issue, um, Saranic becomes the new leader of the Sinestro Corps, Ooh. and she sort of says Earth is under their protection now. Oh. So like, where are the Yellow Lanterns in the other books? <laughs> Uh, if you know earth isn't under their protection and everything uh, look over there <laughs> yeah and this this kind of made me think like maybe this story was meant to come earlier but they pushed it like back mm-hmm. and like poor colin bunn you know yeah. he, he writes really cool characters and everything but he seems to get shafted quite a bit he does he really does i know uh, i haven't read his last aquaman yet but i'm pro- i'm probably gonna read it tonight before bed because uh the new Dan Abnett, okay, let's start this shit from scratch, comes out this week. Oh, really? Yes, it does. So, Jeff John's thing isn't happening? No, no, I guess it's not. I guess that was a rumor, but I don't know. M- maybe the rumor was, to, maybe he's going to take it over uh, during uh, freaking Rebirth. Maybe he's going to be back on Aquaman for that. Yeah, yeah, true. Because that's the thing. We don't know if any of these creative teams are sticking or not. Yeah. Is what we're doing, but I mean, eh, it'll be good to have him back. But yeah, freaking that freaking poor bun. And I guess to enjoy Sinestro while you can, because that book's not coming back in the DC rebirth. Yeah, well, at least I know like Sinestro will probably appear in like some of the Green Lantern oh, books god, and everything. Yeah. Oh god, yeah, so, totally. yeah. No, you're, you're never gonna get rid of Sinestro. He's too good. Yeah, he is too good. Great, great villain. Great, complicated baddie. That guy. Yeah. Sometimes baddie, sometimes hero. I I would compare him a lot to Loki. Actually, the sometimes hero sometimes villain mm-hmm. depending on when the mood strikes him mm-hmm. uh what else did i have going on this week um oh uh titan's hunt got to read that uh this book finally picked up more uh mammoth showed up again yet another classic teen titans foe was in this one and that's super cool cool mammoth mammoth looked great in this issue 
Uh, also, too, Mr. Twister, who started out life as a villain who could create wind, like a guy who dressed like a hobo and could create <laughs> twisters. Now he's Slender Man. Okay. Now he's some horrible evil that a hornblower Mal Duncan managed to, like, wish away. And now he has this crazy plan to try and become corporeal again. But it involves getting all the Teen Titans together. And I'm like, wow, this story is out there and I like it. Cool, cool. <laughs> also, Nightwing wearing the Nightwing costume again in this book. Yeah? But it's red and ugly. Oh. <laughs> it's funny that he picks it up and wears it here in this book to very little fanfare. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't, like, see anyone going ape nope. shit over it or anything. But meanwhile, Grayson continues, and he's dressed like that. Meanwhile, Batman and Robin Eternal continues, and he's dressed like that. <laughs> Surprisingly little fanfare. Like, I thought people would be losing their shit about this, but they're not. Yeah, I thought they would be as well. Maybe people are apprehensive about Titans. They're like, is this even in the same continuity? I don't know. Yeah, really, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> Dude, I forgot how ugly the red costume looks. Yeah, it's pretty ugly. And the artist here kind of messed up because you know usually it's like okay he's got the red like on the on the eagle on the on the Nightwing on him, and then he's got the Domino mask with the white eyes. Mm-hmm. This guy screwed up and gave him red eyes. Ellie, I, didn't he have them to begin with? Like he uh, he like doesn't start? He, he doesn't he doesn't depending on who's drawing it. Okay, so it's whatever goes, really. Yeah, the the red eyes make him look more evil, and that's the big problem with Red Nightwing. He looks like an evil mirror world version of himself. Yeah, it looks like the crime syndicate version. Yeah, red, red, black on red, and red on black means you're a bad guy. <laughs> that's why so few heroes have that combination. <laughs> is the problem either it, you just do either all one color or another, or else you look like a villain. Yeah. But weirdly enough, we get a flashback in this where, you know, obviously because the Teen Titans are having their repressed memories unrepressed, and we see we see Speedy back in time, and he's clearly wearing his Speedy costume or something close to his Speedy costume. And th- and I didn't even catch this. My mind must have blanked it out. I had to have someone in the comment section tell me. Even in this flashback, even when they're younger, even when it's the old Teen Titans, Roy Harper is still wearing that fucking trucker cap. <laughs> and I'm just like... If you want to honor the legacy, make that hat go away. Honor the legacy <laughs> make, of the... Make him destroy the hat in, like, a bin fire. Dude, th- that's a mini-series right there, you know, just Roy Harper getting his life together. He gets those stupid douchebag tattoos lasered off. He burns all of his trucker caps and all of his sleeveless denim stuff. <laughs> that's a whole mini-series right there. He's like, okay, so I'm getting my life back together. <laughs> Oh, that'd be great. What I love about it is that Dan Abnett seems to think that Roy Harper is a shit in this, too, because, as I told you, he drives drunk, you know, he steals cars and everything and gets into fights. <laughs> so it's like, wow, just I, I must be the only person left who actually likes Roy Harper. <laughs> Probably. Uh, I had a funny argument. Well, not argument, but discussion the other week of, like, who would win in a fight? Kate Bishop, uh, Hawkeye's apprentice versus Roy Harper, Green Arrow's apprentice. And we agreed Roy was stronger, but Roy would probably trip over himself in the way he is right now and would not win. (laughs) It's like he'd probably start to win and then he'd like fall into the fetal position and cry about how pathetic he is and then Kate would win. (laughs) Or, or, and I loved this one too that I came up with. I'm like, well, you know, Kate's pretty smart and that apartment complex that she and Hawkeye live in is pretty shitty, so she could probably score some heroin 
and then she'd probably yeah, sprinkle crack on him. She, she'd probably, you know, rig together a yeah, special a crack. She'd, she'd probably like rig together a special heroin arrow and then shoot Roy Harper with it. <laughs> He's like, no, I've taken more heroin. I'm addicted now. And then she'd point, laugh, and be, ha ha! Now you're addicted to heroin again. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh, I feel really good right now, but I'm going to feel really bad in the next two hours. <laughs> and then before you know it, it's just Roy Harper out on the street stealing car stereos. <laughs> oh, poor Roy just can't catch a break, can he? No, he can't. I'm sad about my arm I lost and my daughter who they killed off panel. <laughs> Why does everyone hate me so much? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Titans Hunt. That was fun. Uh, what else did you have happening? Well, uh, I had Star Wars issue 16. Oh, God, I have fallen so far behind on Star Wars. It sucks. I need a long car trip to catch up. Start of a new arc, the Rebel Jail arc. Ooh, I Se- like it. Seems like a really cool arc. Yeah, they Leia and Sana take uh, Aphra to this prison called Sunspot Station, which is this uh, facility in the orbit of a giant sun. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole deal is that she, that Aphra isn't talking like to the rebels, she isn't spilling anything, and they've had like the best interrogators, you know, on in the Rebel Alliance come after her and everything, but she's not doing anything. So they take her to this prison, and the whole deal is this prison uh, gets heated by the sun, uh-huh. so it gets really hot. So they're going to sort of sweat it out of her, and, like leave leave her there for a long time, and it, she'll, it's the she'll hot box crack. treatment, pretty much, yeah. And um, obviously in the the recent Darth Vader issue, he put a big bounty on her head. Uh, because obviously she's with the rebels, he can't afford her talking. So all these different bounty hunters are coming after them, and they do this really cool thing where they can't obviously get too close to the to the station. So they do this sort of uh, halo jump to the station nice. uh, from from their spaceship, and like obviously some of them die because it's near a sun, so they get all burnt up and everything. Um, and yeah, they try and get into the station. Uh, meanwhile, all this is happening. Han Solo is losing the Rebellion's money in gambling debts. <laughs> Sounds about right. It's, re- it's really cool. He, him and Luke have been sent on a mission to get supplies for the Rebellion. Mm-hmm. So Han takes the money and puts it on a Sabacc game, and he's like, ah, relax, kid, I can win this. And then, like, literally the next panel is them running to the Millennium Falcon with all these angry gamblers after them. So basically the Star Wars equivalent of Hookers and Blackjack. Pretty much, and then again, it'll big fight, and Han's like, "Hey, relax, kid. We'll just do some smuggling, get the money back." So basically, what you do every day, basically just an average Tuesday for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, and that's and that's the story of Han, everybody. Yeah, I I, I want more of this like Han Luke partnership. is really cool. I, I'm surprised because everyone got a mini series. I'm really shocked they didn't give Han a mini series. I think we'll probably get one, especially it... now that he's you know dead. Yeah, yeah. Spoilers for that movie, everyone. Here's hoping you saw it. Yeah, or if you're one of the two billion people that didn't see it. Yeah, really. I was waiting for it on DVD. Spoiler. Also, hey, get this. Uh, Darth Vader actually Luke's uncle. (laughs) You didn't know that, but that's that's the truth. She signed the papers as the parental guardian. That's good stuff. That's what that is. That's that's the kind of humor you can expect here at the comic multiverse. (laughs) <laughs> we hope you like it oh. we hope you like it we hope you like it a lot <laughs> actually uh, one of my uh, people I follow on Twitter they actually got to meet Kojima at the Dice Awards really? yeah Ooh. or maybe, maybe they just said they met him maybe he was just in the same room I don't know 
you don't meet him you experience him <laughs> you experience him it's like the lights that they grow dim and then you experience kojima as he comes it be- becomes a metal gear solid cutscene. you can't yep. skip it nope but was it worth it or totally no, or no i'm trying to think what's that line oh make the legend come back to life is what it is <laughs> make the kojima come back to life uh, uh what else did i have this week um Oh, I had a uh, Harley Quinn number twenty-five. This was her big re-meeting with the Joker for the first time. Oh, really? So the Joker is this book in continuity? Uh sort of, maybe. Not really. It it doesn't matter. Is what is the feeling I got from it? Where it's like, you know, is this face cut off Joker? No. Is this Joker during Endgame? No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> hey, this isn't Joker. No, this isn't Joseph Kerr, his alias, no. This is this is just a chance for Harley to meet Joker and, you know, tell him off and say how much better her life is now that she has friends and a place in Coney Island and everything. <laughs> and Batman That's cool. and Batman as Bruce Wayne shows up too in it. Oh, okay then. So yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Actually, I got I got to take my hats off to uh, Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti for their version of the Joker cuz you know, there's been scary versions of the joker there's been you know like really evil versions of the joker this was a truly disgusting version of the joker honestly yeah oh yeah he's just pure sleaze is the thing because harley breaks into arkham asylum to break out her new boyfriend mason who was uh put there because of governmental corruption and everything and he's apparently just been you know filling mason's ear with all the horrible things that harley's done you know with him and everything and basically just you know saying all the worst douchey ex-boyfriend things that he could possibly say Alrighty. <laughs> and, he, and he even looks slimy is the thing too in the art and there's a point where they could leave but harley's like no no no, no. give me a second i gotta finish this so she goes into his cell and they like actually have it out in a fight <laughs> cool and there's a cool moment where she has like uh she has one of the guards guns and she could kill him and she contemplates killing him. And there's this cool moment where she's like I figured out what Batman was always going on about for all those years if I kill him he wins. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And she walks off like a hero and I'm like, "Man, this was this was such a good issue that like if this was the last word written on the series, it would have ended on a high point." Yeah, that, that sounds really cool. It was really cool, I think. It's funny because so much of the Harley Quinn book, for like issues at a time and arcs at a time, it will just be pure shenanigans and it'll just be pure, you know, wacky, almost Looney Tune stuff. And then, and then out of nowhere, they'll hit you with an issue like this and they'll be like, ah, you didn't think we had anything serious left in the tank, but we did. That's great. That is great. You know, if you if you faltered on Harley Quinn, and I can't blame you if you have, definitely pick up this issue. Cool. In fact, in fact, I think, and I think I can say it now because the video will be out by the time this podcast is out. I I gave it Cape Joel's first ten out of ten. I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm like, man, this was just a really good, well put together story. Cool, cool. Uh, what else did you have happening, Matt? Uh, I had Uncanny in Humans issue five. Oh shit, that did come out this week. I didn't get a chance to read that yet. Was it good? This is a good book. This is the start of a new arc called The Quiet Room. Mm-hmm. And, oh, um, yes. Quiet Room, which was the name of the bar that yep. Black Bolt had during Secret Wars. And that's exactly what it is in this issue. Really? Okay. He owns a bar. And what's really cool is since him and Medusa have split, he's been living at the bar. <laughs> and this, this issue, and I said in my review, it's sort of like 
uh, you know, mum dropping the kid at dad's for the weekend. <laughs> you know, she, she, Medusa bring Medusa has to come to like see Black Bolt for something, but she's like there to drop uh, Ahura off for like dinner or something. <laughs> they have um, visitation with their super. Yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. It's like, and so he, Ahura goes off with Flagman, uh, who's this crazy inhuman who who looks like a clown. <laughs> uh, and he sort of like shows him around like the place there's like this room where there's these two boxes one is inhuman one's a oh some other species and they they're like boxes and they're having like you know the, the press conference <laughs> uh there's this big auditorium where there's like shareholders from this company that's making a uh antigen which reduces the effects of the inhuman virus Oh, yes, that's right, because they got that whole thing going on that the mist is hurting mutants and killing mutants and shit. Yeah, um, and there's all this really cool stuff, like, there's a gambling hall that's um, full of villains. I <laughs> think there's, like, the leader and the mad thinker. Oh, nice, nice. They're, like, gambling and stuff. And I, would, I wouldn't let the leader or mad thinker into my gambling den. You know they're counting cards. Yeah, you know, it's like a... um. Oh, what did Flagman say? It's like a neutral territory, and uh, and they they know. And he says like they know if they act up, there's going to be shit. Yeah, I mean, would you fuck up in a bar where a dude, if he just so much as whispers, he could blow up your entire head? Yeah, Black Bolt, and this is so cool because he's not wearing his costume. He's wearing a tuxedo that looks like his costume, like he did in Secret Wars. Yeah, and he's got like the little like fork on the head and everything. It's, um, it's yeah, nice so, to know Charles Souls was working out the whole quiet room thing before he even brought it up into this main series. Yeah, it, it's so cool, this book. And then, like, at the end, the antigen gets stolen uh, by someone related to Phantom X. Oh. And uh, then, like, big riots start happening between the two boxes. Uh, like, they get into a big fist fight that goes through the club. And then, mid uh, not Midnight, uh, Blackboard just like, oh, yeah, let's, you know unleash the security guards on this place that's that's funny what you said about a guy related to phantom x because in the uncanny x-men book phantom x has been breaking into shit and stealing stuff related to the inhumans oh really yeah yeah he has and in fact it looked like for a second there where it's like oh, okay so phantom x did this for magneto right no phantom x is working for mystique and mystique is working for someone else who may or may not be magneto hmm and uh, let's not forget, too, the, the original Scott Summers, or the old Scott, the evil one, apparently died while fighting the Inhumans over something. Huh. Okay. In in this mystery that they keep stringing along but have yet to answer. Interesting. Very. So, uh, blah, that's about all the big titles I had for this week. Uh, yeah, I had, um, uh, what I have, Squadron Supreme. Oh, yes, yes. Still a really cool book. They're in Weird World now. They're the X-Men just got out of Weird World. Yeah, and then the Squadron Supreme go in. Um, <laughs> a lot of books are going in Weird World, and yet I have no interest in actually picking up and reading Weird World. I didn't even know, like, what exactly Weird World is. I know it's, like, this, like, high fantasy, like, it's Conan like, the Barbarian sort of thing. Conan in the Marvel Universe is what it is. Yeah, um, but, yeah, they, they go there, and Dr. <laughs> Droid is there, and he's sort of... He came to this world. He came to Weird World after he died, and like he says, like 
I, I got sick of being in like the corporeal realm of like the human realm because everyone would say, "Hey, it's that guy who's not Doctor Strange." Yeah, it's funny. You should, I was just about to make that joke. I'm like, "Oh yeah, Doctor Druid, the Marvel wizard who's not Doctor Strange." Yeah, he actively makes that joke. And That's good. He's there and he's able to like control all the people there, and uh, we find out that Power Princess uh, on the Squadron Supreme is actually not power princess she killed power princess and took her identity um she's from the squadron sinister that was from secret wars yeah i think her name's like warrior woman or something Hmm. and uh she's working with uh modred and dr druid and all that sort of like in this big mind control conspiracy sort of thing interesting interesting yeah and then they run into skull skull the slayer something he's like some u.s marine that got like <laughs> stranded in weird world and uh yeah i like nighthawk from that team is still getting a solo book yeah so, yeah night, nighthawk and um uh hyperion hyperion is yeah and that's funny the batman superman stand-ins are getting solo books yeah and, and uh, hyperion would probably act like superman as well yeah ain't that funny uh, but was that it you had for this? Because I was pretty much done everything I was talking about. I figure if you just want a lightning round, what you had. I'm done. Okay, cool. Well, that's perfect timing then. Uh, now, I know we didn't do it last week, but I guess we can talk about what's coming out this week for people to look forward to. Yeah, I know this week I've, I'm all Superman 24-7. Yeah, all Superman all day, every day. Uh, Aquaman number 49, this is the first Dan Abnett issue. He's back in the old costume. It's like we're putting everything back to normal. We're sorry about what happened before. It won't matter anyway because there's Rebirth coming yeah, up. Yeah, because Rebirth is coming anyway. So, yeah, I mean, none, none of it really mattered. Uh, Cyborg number eight, I forgot that's even still going. <laughs> I thought it got cancelled a while back. Uh, we got Dark Knight 3 The Master Race, issue number three, finally coming out. D- don't feel bad if you forgot about this one, everybody. <laughs> don't feel bad if you forgot that one. You know, here's a funny... A Deathstroke is still going on, and Deathstroke actually gets to continue. I mean, I guess Deathstroke what? will sell, yeah. Well, I guess, you know, he's in Suicide Squad, so... He's not in Suicide Squad. He hasn't been in Suicide Squad since that first opening arc. He's in the movie. Is he in the movie? We haven't heard that he's in the movie. I imagine he will be. He's probably in the You know, that would make sense. I think that rumor's I mean, been if they around. can't actually use Slade Wilson in the TV show anymore, then... Yeah, yeah. That, if, if that rumor's been shooting around, I'm more inclined to believe it now if they've kept his book going, because I can't imagine it was doing that well. No, it's just, who buys Slade Wilson books? Mm, same people who buy Red Hood and the Outlaws. <laughs> edgy teens in fact those books are crossing over from what i've seen <laughs> so it'll be it'll be an edge you handle the edge probably not there were so many edges there were swords and knives there was edges everywhere <laughs> it was literally too edgy for me uh we got grayson number 17 excited about that uh justice league number 48 oh, jeff johns is done at issue 50 and i assume dark side war is done at number 52 yeah, well, I think it's in coming in. I think is it this issue that goes into Act Three? I think so. Isn't it funny that like Dark Side War started like, oh, it's the big DC event, then it stopped being an event, and now it's just what's going on in Justice League. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it did. And it, the, it, to be an event, it really needed tie-ins, and I only had that like one week of tie-ins, and it's like no more tie-ins. Yeah, no more tie-ins. We're done. Uh, Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana. Excited for the Dead uh, Shot portions. Definitely gonna read that. 
you got your Superman 49, your Superman Lois and Clark, your Superman the coming of the Superman. That one I'm really interested in because I looked at the, the preview for it and it's like old school like Neil Adams Superman yeah. from like that 90s and 80s. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look in its general direction. Shit, I think... I think if I review that one, that might actually be the first. No, no, it's American Alien was the first Superman book I reviewed on my channel. <laughs> I, I might look in that one's general direction. You got Superman Wonder Woman number 26. Yet again, another book that's not long for this world because that and Batman Superman are just going to become Trinity. Yep. Teen Titans number, 40, or number 17, which is the first one with Greg Pak on it. I know a lot of people ask me, are you going to start reading it when Greg Pak uh, starts it? Honestly, I don't think so. Because it looks like they're just starting in the middle of this story, and again, it's not going to matter with Rebirth, so why should I? Yeah, exactly. Just just friggin' wait. Uh, now heading on to the Marvel side of things. Okay, image, here we go. Uh, we got All New, All Different Avengers, number six. Cool. All New Inhumans, number four. I really like that All New Inhumans book. Cool. All New X-Men, number five. Uh, Astonishing Ant-Man, number five. Uh, Daredevil number four, Deadpool number. Oh no, that's a variant cover. My bad. I hate how they do the freaking variant covers in here. It makes it so hard to read. Uh, Karnak issue number two. Holy crap! I forgot Karnak was a thing. That's on issue two. Yes. I reviewed issue one months ago. I know you did. Months. I don't know what was taking Warren Ellis and them so Holy long. Holy shit! I thought that like it got canned. Nope. After one issue. <laughs> Yeah, no. yeah, well, that's the thing. I thought it was, like, one of those things they tried, and it's like, oh, it didn't work very well, just cancel everything. No, issue two is only coming out now, and issue one Jesus was pretty good. Christ. Jesus Christ. But I think this fucking wait in between might kill it. Yeah. Uh, Kanan number 11. Ooh. Silk number five. Uh, ooh, Star Wars Chewbacca gets collected in trade paperback. Really? I That's been out here for ages. Oh, well, it just says here on the site, gets collected in trade. And that's about it. Cool. So yeah, that's uh, that, that. Them's the books you can expect uh, this week, everybody. Uh, as we wind down the show, I hope you liked it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, favorite, do all that other social network jazz. Hey, share the show with people who are looking for a comic book podcast. Go out and convert others to the religion of the comic multiverse. Yeah, go go door knocking. Go door knocking. Be be our Jehovah's Witnesses. Be be our multiverse witnesses. <laughs> go to doors and be like hey have you heard the good word have you have you heard uh, the comic-y word <laughs> uh yeah we'll send people out on pilgrimages for for our holy cause like i said matt today we're a podcast but tomorrow if we get tax exempt status we could be a religion we could and then we could start like treating our followers like shit and <laughs> sending them to work camps and stuff and... like all good religions do <laughs> That's that's the next. We step. start like a telethon as well. Oh oh god yes I am so down for a telethon. We could do it right from the YouTube channel. We could have people answering phones. <laughs> we could have musical guests, and by musical guests it would just be me and you playing Guitar Hero. <laughs> One of those shitty like dollar store like keyboards. Yep, and then of course it would get copyright flagged by YouTube because you can't have music not on YouTube. <laughs> But yes, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for continuing to come back to the comic multiverse. I've checked the numbers three episodes in, and this is definitely 
one of the, if not the most popular thing I put up on the channel, and me and Matt are forever grateful for that. Uh, be sure to tune in next week, same comic multiverse time, same comic multiverse place. Uh, any parting <laughs> words there, Matt, before we go? Uh, go check out my channel, Fortress of Solitude. I've got some cool videos coming out this week pertaining to Star Wars and mm -hmm. Superman. He sure does. Definitely go over there and check Matt out and give him a follow and a like and all that other good stuff. Give, give, give him a heart and a gold star and whatever else they do <laughs> on the social media. Be, be, be sure to dig up or whatever it is you do on dig. Is dig still around? I, I don't know. Neither I do never I. Dig, I never dig dug. No, nah, I never dig dug nothing myself. So on 